What if I told you you had to have a vaccine passport to travel from state to state? What if I told you that you had to have a vaccine passport to buy food? Would you believe me? Guess what? It's true. Hi, you're listening to Right From Karen. My name's Karen. This podcast is about a little bit of everything. My life, my writing, politics, and religion. Grab a cup of coffee and get comfortable. I have a lot to say about nothing. Hi, welcome back to another Right From Karen podcast version. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Have you had a good week or two? I know I've been kind of MIA the last few weeks. It has been a really emotional time for me. Um, I'll explain further in just a moment. But for right now, um, know that I am actually experimenting and trying to film this podcast um, on my smartphone. So if I'm successful, then you will find it on my blog, which is writefromkaren.com. That's W-R-I-T-E from Karen.com. And you can watch this podcast. If I'm not successful, then it will not be there. (laughs) So we'll see. I'm going to have to sweet talk Kevin into helping me edit the video because I've never done that before. And um, we'll just see how it goes. Um, He and I don't necessarily work the greatest together. He, we are both very independent and we're both very pig headed. And so uh, for the sake of our marriage, (laughs) I don't think that we could ever work together again. Now we did work together at one point. We started as tellers, both at a bank, and that's how we met. Um, And um, luckily, we didn't really work the same shifts very often. He worked the evening shifts, I worked the day shift. Um, He was a student at the time. And the the times that we would overlap, when our shifts would overlap, He'd get really frustrated with me because I really wouldn't listen to him when he tried to help me. Um, A perfect example of this was our city utilities payments that we made. I don't know if they still do these or not at the bank, but um, he would try to show me what to do. And there were clear instructions listed on the wall that I would follow. And I just kept telling him, I can follow directions. It's fine. I'll figure it out. And he's like, no, no, it'll be faster if I just show you. Um, So we kind of butt heads a little bit and um, we've not really worked together after working at the bank together, but uh, since we've gotten married, we've worked side by side, but not necessarily together. We've worked in the same office. I was a web designer, website designer, and he's an accountant. Um, And it's just that small time period that that happened before I got a job at the hospital It was just, um, we just don't work well together, (laughs) even though he's trying really hard for me to quit my job and work for him because he potentially has a client that could be expanding his business soon and he might need some more help. So um, he's like, hey, just quit your job and come work for me. And I'm like, I'd rather have my arm sawed off. (laughs) So yeah, so we'll see how it works with this whole editing thing. I may have to sweet talk him into actually doing it for me. Um, but I do want to learn how to do it. I think it'll be fun um, to have not only an audio, but a video uh, record of the of my thoughts and what's happened over the years for any grandchildren that may come along at some time. I'm not really looking, not really looking for that to happen anytime soon, (laughs) but that's okay. That's a, that's a thought for a different day. So anyway, so yeah, this, um, this past week, few weeks have been really rough on me, which is one reason why I've been a little MIA. Um, You know, I have a full-time job. I'm a medical assistant at a hospital, if you don't know. I work in neurosurgery. It's an outpatient clinic, which is awesome, and I love it. I've been working there for almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years September 19th. I always remember this date because that's the day before my mom's birthday. And um, I love these people. I've gone through a lot of growing pains with these people. We were an independent clinic for a long time. And then the hospital purchased the clinic and our doctors became contractual. They don't, they're not necessarily Cox employees, but they use the hospital to perform their practice. 
And I got there shortly after the clinic had been purchased by the hospital. So I've always been a hospital employee. Um, so, you know, that transition was really rough for a lot of people that already worked there. They were very bitter when I started um, because, you know, there's a lot of rules and regulations that come with being part of a hospital. So, um, and then we moved to a new portion of the hospital that was built on. We took a floor of that tower that they built and moving into that tower was really rough. Um, and then we, a month later, we transitioned over to the hospital's operating system. Uh, I'm sorry, not operating system, but um, um, electronic health records. So we spent many a night working very, very late uh, transferring all of our records over into the hospital's electronic health record program and um, made a lot of overtime, got some good checks out of it. But um, it was actually a lot of fun. We would sing songs and they'd order pizza for us. And so it was a lot of fun, actually. It really wasn't that much work per se. Um, and then, you know, over the years, we've had a lot of growing pains, losing people, training new people, um, you know, new people not working out and being asked to leave and just the whole stress of the whole staffing issues always. Uh, the few times that we've been completely up and running full staff has been um, few and far between. It doesn't happen very often. And when it happens, it doesn't stick around for very long. So we're used to all the ups and downs of dealing with, you know, just, you know, the normal work stuff. Um, but this has by far been the hardest and most emotionally draining experience of my life. And where I'm currently is I'm still employed at the hospital. They have not mandated the experimental injectable yet, but it is coming. <clears throat> it is coming. <clears throat> and to give you an idea, I'm, I'm just emotionally torn about this whole subject because I really, really enjoy working at this clinic. I really care about the people I work with or my work family. I've worked with them for a number of years very closely. I see them more than I see my family and they're pretty great people. Uh, so the thought of moving on and doing something completely different and having to learn a completely different, you know, um, societal climate, I guess to say, it's just not something that I want to do. I just want to do at all, really. But um, I may not have a choice soon. But in an attempt to persuade me, I guess, I was uh, cornered after clinic one day. I um, was eating, eating lunch with one of my coworkers on the team. And my doctor, mid-level and nurse came in and said, hey, let's have a chat. Now, I knew this chat was coming. Uh, my nurse had forewarned me, which thankfully she did. I don't like surprises. I don't handle surprises very well, especially unpleasant ones. I tend to just want to walk away. And if she hadn't told me or warned me that my doctor was wanting to have a conversation with me, I probably would have just said, you know, this is not, this is not good. I don't want to have this conversation. And I would have likely walked out and that would have been probably not the right thing to do. <clears throat> but again, I'm in very independent and very pigheaded when it comes to things like this, but I knew it was coming. So I was prepared. So he comes in and we all sit around and he does all the talking. Uh, no one else says anything. And it just felt more like an intervention than anything else. However, with that said, the meeting was with good intentions. And I realize that I do. And I do appreciate the fact that they care enough to want to have this conversation with me. Uh, they didn't have to, they didn't have to go out of their way to do this. So uh, I was very appreciative that they wanted to have this conversation, even though it was very uncomfortable. Um, my doctor, of course, you know, he's a, he's a medical professional, and he's laying out all the facts as he sees them. Um, <clears throat> however, I just feel like that those opinions are more of in a bubble, so to speak. Um, I am not disputing what he's telling me. 
I'm just trying to say that there's more to the story. And I don't know that he knows there's more to the story or he's taken the time to look outside of the information that he's been told. Or perhaps he can't. I don't know. I feel like a lot of times the doctors um, know more. They want to say more. But for whatever reasons, they don't say more. I don't know if it's because they're nervous and scared about losing their job or being reprimanded. Um, I don't know. It's possible. But I had a lot to say. I did not say hardly any of it. Because I felt like uh, it was too emotionally charged to bring up any opposing opinions. And to be quite honest with you, I didn't see the point of doing it because I'm not about to sway his opinion. Um, other than to just try to counterattack me. And again, I'm not afraid of a debate, go for it. But I did not know what my future with this clinic looked like at the time. I still don't. So I didn't want to make that remaining time awkward and weird. So I chose to keep quiet. And um, I, I frustrated him <clears throat> greatly, I could tell. And, um, you know, after a time, there was a pause in the conversation, he was getting ready to go on vacation the next week. And I said, Well, you know what, uh, thank you for the, all this information. I appreciate that you care enough to come in and say anything to me about it, but have a nice vacation. So in essence, the conversation's over. I really don't wish to discuss this any further. And he left frustrated. So he emailed me um, that evening before I left for work and, you know, apologized. He was very sweet. You know, he just, he, he didn't want me to feel like I was cornered, even though I did feel cornered. It felt like an intervention. Um, but he cares and he just didn't want to lose me. And again, I really appreciate that. It makes, it makes the, it, it makes me feel really good. And it made a big difference to me as far as, as that, as that's concerned. It's nice to know that he cared. And he was giving me a link to some more information. And I shared that email with Kevin and Kevin looked at that information and there was really nothing that we hadn't already known about. Because again, I've done so much reading about this issue on both sides. I wish I hadn't, to be honest. I, I feel like I've done too much reading. I know too much. Does that make sense? Um, <clears throat> ignorance is bliss. And I think I feel like that most people choose that option because it's easier and a lot less work and a lot less stressful, to be honest, just to be just to do what you're told. But unfortunately, I'm not a person that does what I'm told. Um, without a very good reason. If I'm going to do something, if I'm going to go along with the masses, uh, there has to be a really good reason for it. I have to feel like it's the right thing to do. And I don't feel like it's the right thing to do in this instance. So I also coincidentally had some time off. And thank God. So I could kind of clear my head and Kevin could see how upset I was. And he talked me into taking an impromptu camping trip in our cargo trailer that he's converted. Um, I swear I'm going to write about that trip soon. I, I promise it'll be on my blog. Um, I just haven't gotten around to it because I've just been so emotionally drained. But that trip was very helpful. And uh, it did clear my head quite a bit. And I, if I didn't come to any conclusions, I... I made peace with the situation, if that makes sense. So I came back thinking, okay, there's really nothing I can do at this point. This is much bigger than me. Hospital doesn't give two, two hoots about what I think. They're not about to change their mind because of one person or just a small percentage of people that feel this way at the hospital. Currently, there are, I think it's 70% of the employees have been vaccinated. And that includes nurses, by the way. Um, so I have now just come to the decision that I'm taking day by day. That's it. I'm just going by day, day by day. I'm not thinking ahead. I'm, it's just, it is what it is, right? So after coming back from this time off, I wrote back to my doctor and I, it was quite a lengthy email and I basically listed all the reasons. Well, that's not true. 
I basically told him that the reason I didn't offer any of my own opinions about the subject is, again, why it's not going to persuade him any any way. Um, I didn't want to make it weird and awkward. But suffice it to say, I had a lot of legitimate reasons as to why I'm not taking the experimental injectable. And I'm taking this based on just as qualified experts um, as he did on the other side. So it made me feel a little bit better that I kind of cleared the air, I guess, a little bit as far as my thoughts. I didn't want him to think that I didn't care because, oh my, do I care? Um, <clears throat> so since that email, he didn't respond back. I wasn't expecting him to. Um, you know, he's now back to work. I'm back to work. Um, our working relationship is different. Um, it's a little more subdued, which is disappointing, but not unexpected. Um, the night that, that they cornered me, my interventions, what I like to call it, because it really was kind of an intervention, I fully intended to quit my job because I was pretty upset. I was pretty angry. And I'm thinking, why am I doing this? Why? Seriously, why? There are a ton of jobs out there that I can, I can pursue. Why am I putting myself through this stress? Because again, I mean, if this was any other industry other than healthcare, I would think I, I might fight it a little bit more, but it's healthcare guys. I get it. Come on. I get it. I understand why they want to mandate it. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to change their mind. And in some ways I don't know that I should because given the business. So I understand why they might do this or they're leaning toward doing this. So anyway, so I go into my manager's office after everyone has left for the day. I had taken a walk after that intervention. And I went into her office and I said, I can't believe I'm going to do this. But before I could get the words out, I re I'm resigning. I just started bawling my eyes out. And if you know me, I never, ever ever do that, especially in front of people. My go to emotion when I'm upset is anger, not sadness. It was a little bit of both. I was it was a mixture of anger and sadness in my response. And my manager to her credit credit her credit, her credit did a great job of kind of, you know, talking me off the ledge and said, you're clearly upset. Don't do anything rash. Go enjoy your time off. Yada, yada, yada. So that's where I am now. I am taking it day by day. We have, I am bombarded daily, several times a day by emails and special edition emails from corporate, from the hospital. Um, also emails from management saying, this is how many people, how many cases we have in the hospital now, yada, yada, yada. There are pop-ups throughout the day of employee vaccination clinics. Um, and of course, they have the new rewards lottery system now. Hey, come get your vaccination. You get to win. You, you have a chance to win some prizes, some money. Oh, and they've also started this sticker thing. You can put a sticker on your badge if you're vaccinated. Yeah, this is the daily stuff I'm dealing with. I just ignore all of it. I ignore all of it. Uh, and I just go about my business. Again, I'm taking it day by day. Um, I'm sure eventually that a, the hospital will mandate it. I don't know how they cannot, especially with our CEO being such a public face on this whole fiasco of an issue that we have right now. So to save face, I don't know how he could not mandate it. That's fine. When that happens, I will work up until that mandated deadline and then I will move on and find another job. Again, I, I'm past the point of even feeling sad about it. I've just accepted that this is what's going to happen. And unfortunately, it's going to be a sad way to end a 10-year medical career. But this is what we're facing. And that's just my story. I'm sure that everyone out there has their own story 
on how they're dealing with this pandemic and uh, the craziness, the absolute insane response that we've had to COVID. So in my opening, I said something about, you know, what would you do if you couldn't travel from state to state without showing your papers, without your COVID vaccination passport? What would you do if you couldn't buy food? Well, the food thing is for sure a real thing. Um, they are doing that now in L.A. And let's see here. Los Angeles to require vaccinations to buy groceries. This is an article on the W on the WND website. Highly recommend this website, by the way, for conservative people out there. Um, Again, and this is the whole purpose of why I do this podcast. This is the whole reason why me and Kevin do our podcast is not only to offer our opinion on this madness that's out there, whether you care about that or not, but the bigger reason is to offer alternative news sources to you to check out in case you're not aware of these things. It shouldn't surprise me, but it does that a lot of people out there, again, are choosing to be ignorant about the issues because it's just easier to go along to get along. And I find that sad because this is an important part of our lives that are being squashed, taken away from us. And I don't care if you're out there rolling your eyes. Oh, COVID's not about, you know, releasing some freedoms. No, it's not. But that's what it's come to. And that's what they're continuing to try to do is take more and more of our freedoms away. And I don't know about you, but I am not, I'm not, I'm not cool with that. So the reason why we do this is because if you don't know there are alternative news sources out there outside the mainstream media, the fake news as Trump liked to label them because it's true, they are. It's very skewed reporting. Not saying that the the stuff that I'm reading is not skewed. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I think it's important. It is important to look at all sides of an issue, not just one side, and to realize, to recognize that there is another side to this story. So on the WND website, it says Los Angeles to require vaccinations to buy groceries. The demand for COVID vaccinations, including various governmental and corporate requirements for the shots, finally may be getting out of hand. Hang on, I'm going to drink something. My throat's getting kind of dry. Not that it hasn't already caused controversy, economic injury, and more. Now the Epoch Times is reporting a plan in Los Angeles to require vaccination proofs in order to go into restaurants, gyms, entertainment venues, and retail stores, including grocery retailers. The report said that would be more restrictive than New York City's plan to require that proof in restaurants and such because it excludes retail stores. LA's plan comes from the council president, Nuri Martinez, Martinez and council member Mitch O'Farrell. In a prepared statement, Martinez uh, claimed, it's our responsibility to protect the public. That includes protecting them from the unvaccinated. The decision to not get vaccinated doesn't just affect you. We have kids under the age of 12 who are not eligible for the vaccine yet, and someone's decision to not get vaccinated affects them as well. O'Farrell claimed those who choose not to take the experimental vaccines are immoral. When resident Elizabeth Elliott pointed out that it was unethical to force people to take a shot, explaining people should have medical freedoms to research and make their own health decisions, We as citizens have a right to privacy, especially with our health information. (coughs) Others warn the council of looming pushback. One caller, Justin, explained, going down this road right now is really dangerous. We're going to see lots of serious backlash, including lawsuits. A commentary at the American conservative movement charged L.A. officials with being delusional. It said the Los Angeles City Council has conspired to deprive people of their basic civil liberties, their right to privacy, their right of body autonomy, their right to assemble, their right of informed consent. 
The article continued, on August 11th, the council members voted unanimously on an ordinance that seeks to starve out the unvaccinated by denying them access to retail grocery stores. The council members want to persecute the people they are supposed to serve, (coughs) blocking their family, friends, and neighbors from bars, gyms, entertainment venues, restaurants, and retail stores. It warned the only people allowed to traverse. Sorry, guys, my throat's a little, little dry. (coughs) The only people allowed to traverse the entertainment capital of the world are those who shoot up with spike proteins and carry slave papers, also known as the vaccine record card. Record record card. The LA ordinance requires people to show proof of COVID vaccination as a prerequisite to enter any indoor public space in the city. This act of segregation will also block up to 40% of the revenue that restaurants, bars, and other businesses once enjoyed, while driving droves of people out of the city as they seek freedom in a free state. So, They're saying that if they do this, it's going to be even a bigger problem. Again, the response to this COVID is way worse than the disease itself. That should be just my my mantra from now on. That not only will alienate those people who are not vaccinated, it will once again batter these businesses who have been battered for a year and a half now. They can't get people to work for them. They can't stay open the hours they need to. They're probably not. They're probably just squeaking by as far as keeping the doors open to begin with. And now you're going to deny them another large percentage of people. It's also going to drive out people who don't want to live that way. So the solution is much worse than the disease. Now that's the food part of this. Biden is suggesting that we have vaccine passports for interstate travel. Now, this hasn't happened yet. This is just a proposal. Hopefully, we have some people out there that can stop this crazy old man. Outrageous. Biden blasted over report of vaccine passport for interstate travel. Again, this is an article on WND.com. A report that the Biden administration is discussing the possibility of vaccine passports for interstate travel drew outrage on Friday across social media. The Associated Press, noting President Biden has become more aggressive in his push for COVID mandates, reported more severe measures such as mandating vaccines for interstate travel or changing how the federal government reimburses treatment for those who are unvaccinated and become ill with COVID-19 have been discussed by the White House. And that I think he's referring to, and I saw another article where some ins- he is wanting some insurance companies, or maybe all the insurance companies, to deny payment if you are unvaccinated and come down with COVID and end up in the hospital. But the administration is worried that they would be too polarizing at this time, you think? An administration official told the AP the interstate travel vaccination requirement was not under consideration at the moment, but they're talking about it. The Wire added, that's not to say they won't be implemented in the future, as public opinion continues to shift toward requiring vaccinations as a means to restore normalcy. Tim Poole, the disaffected liberal known as, the, as for his TimCast podcast, confirmed the administration's fear of polarizing, tweeting that such a move would fracture the country almost immediately. Oh, absolutely it would. It goes on to just... Um, published some tweets from various people about this issue. Texas Republican government governor Greg Abbott called it a dangerous double standard. While Biden is considering mandating vaccines for interstate travel, he is allowing a record number of illegal migrants to cross our Southern border, many of whom test positive for COVID. He wrote this double standard is dangerous and must be stopped. You know, that is definitely a big, big problem is the illegal immigrants being bussed over the border and just released into the wild. Um, and many of them do have COVID. I mean, that's a problem in and of itself. But I wonder how people would feel if that wasn't an issue. Would they be more willing to go along with this crazy plan? Think of that logistically. How would this work? You're traveling from, say, I live in Missouri to Arkansas. I, I am now trapped in my state. 
I can't go anywhere else unless I show my papers. Think about that for a moment. And then how would they, are we having checkpoints at every single road that goes from one state to another, not just the interstates, but these county roads, these little roads. We're going to have someone policing those roads, every single road that intersects with every single state in the United States. How in the world could that possibly happen? Checkpoints, guys. Think about that for a minute. They're going to demand your papers at checkpoints. People that have been vaccinated are wearing stickers on their badges. All of this sound familiar? It should. If it doesn't, you need to read up on some history. Preferably World War II. That's scary. Scary stuff. I just hope that if we ever get to that point that Biden actually proposes that, I pray that people have the balls to stand up and say, are you freaking kidding me right now? No, we're not doing that. In fact, I wish people would just start standing up, period, about all this COVID shit. Doesn't it make you wonder if we had, if we were standing up, if we did stand up and start putting our foot down on some of this crap, if it would be as far as it is now, as crazy as it is now, it's just, it just gets more and more crazy. It's almost like, it's almost like they're, they're, they go out of their way to propose more and more outrageous things just to see when people will finally say no. I don't know. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, let's see some other things. So those were the two big ones that caught my eye this week. Those two headlines. I can't imagine a world. I can't imagine living in a country where this happens. Seriously. Again, the solution is way worse. The reaction is way worse than the actual disease. Um, something else that Dr. Fauci, I wish that man would shut up. I wish that man would be prosecuted. And I, I personally, in my opinion, based on a lot of things that I've read about this guy, I feel like he is directly, if not indirectly, responsible for this whole fiasco. Definitely the reaction to it. Um, Dr. Fauci is, uh, well... To be fair, it's not Dr. Fauci, it's the CDC. I'm sure Dr. Fauci agrees, though, because, you know, the CDC is is just the be-all, end-all for all this response crap that's going on. Florida blast, hold on, whoops, hold on. Let me back up. Um, so the White House has been blasting Florida Governor DeSantis for uh, not mandating masks and mandating the vaccines. And he's trying to say, well, look at your numbers. Your numbers are outrageous. They're out of control. And it's because you won't clamp down on your people. Well, and the CDC supposedly posted all these numbers to show Florida's out of control cases. This is an article from the dailywire.com. Again, another one, another rec, uh, website I highly recommend if you're looking for alternative news, i.e. true news, <laughs> instead of false news. Again, take it with a grain of salt. Don't take my word for it entirely. Look it up yourself. Read this. Watch the mainstream media. Take all this information and tell me who you think is lying, because somebody's lying. Wrong again. Florida blast CDC for posting false COVID numbers. What? What? You mean to tell me the CDC is wrong? What? How can it be? The CDC. They obviously, right? They're not interested in power. They're not interested in taking over. No, of course not. The Florida Health Department is publicly slamming the Biden administration's Centers for Disease 
Control and Prevention for apparently posting incorrect COVID-19 numbers from within the state. The health department fired off a tweet Monday claiming the CDC combined multiple days of COVID-19 cases, creating a scary graph misleading the public. The department added that they expect a correction for the apparent error. Wrong again. The numbers of cases CDC released for Florida today is incorrect. The Florida Department of Health Twitter account wrote they combined multiple days into one. We anticipate CDC will correct the record. Um, the CDC reported 28,317 new cases on Sunday, which WSVN reported would mark the most confirmed infections in one day in the state since the beginning of the pandemic, Fox News reported. Multiple media organizations picked up on the number and the department corrected the stories online with some bite. The FDOH said there were 15,319 cases on Sunday and a three-day average of 18,795, noting that the agency follows the CDC guidelines for reporting cases. So not only is the CDC incorrect in their numbers, but but the state of Florida is using the CDC's recommendations for reporting cases. The Florida has far exceeded other comparable states in battling um, COVID-19 and has maintained citizens' freedoms. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis has become a frequent target of the left-wing press in the White House, but DeSantis is not backing down. The Republican recently moved to ban schools from forcing children to wear masks and instead shifted the decision-making to parents. And when school officials said they would defy the move, DeSantis said he would withhold pay from any official implementing mask mandates on children. The Daily Wire reported. DeSantis was also a leading governor in getting vaccine accessibility across his state with a particular focus on the elderly. He's also worked to ban any national implementation of so-called vaccine passports for Floridians, again, emphasizing choice and personal freedom. And side note, not only is DeSantis saying, hey, schools, if you mandate this mask mandate or this vaccine mandate, mask mandate, sorry, for schools, then you're not getting any money from the state. Well, I saw an article just recently today, I believe, Biden's coming back and saying, hey, we'll pay you cash if you defy Governor DeSantis. You still think this is about the disease? Do you now? Do you? You don't think this is some kind of big power play? Well, funnily enough, CDC amends Florida's COVID-19 numbers after pushback from state officials. What? CDC was wrong? Again? No. This article is from the New York Post. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention adjusted its COVID-19 tracking for the state of Florida on Tuesday as confusion over reporting practices sparked a feud between federal and state employees or authorities, excuse me. After the CDC website showed record high numbers for Sunday, August 8th, the Florida Department of Health balked, accusing the agency of folding several days of new cases into one. The gap was significant, with the CDC initially claiming there were 28,317 new cases on Sunday, while the Florida DOH puts that number at 15,319. Remember, this is the entire state of Florida. Millions of people. On Tuesday, the CDC adjusted its number down to 19,584. After the initial CDC numbers were released, a deluge of negative press directed at Florida and Governor Ron DeSantis ensued, leading the Florida DOH and other officials to take to Twitter to decry the error. This is not accurate. Florida follows CDC guidelines reporting cases Monday through Friday, other than holidays. Consequently, each Monday or Tuesday, there will be two or three days of data reported at a time. When data is published, it's attributed evenly to the previous days, the agency tweeted on Monday. On Tuesday, the CDC told multiple news outlets that it was working with Florida officials to correct the inaccuracies that they reported, by the way. DeSantis Press Secretary Christina Pushaw told the Post, Mistakes happen! adding, we appreciate that the CDC corrected the error yesterday and published the accurate case count. Reports that the CDC and Florida's health department are feuding or disagree whatsoever about Florida's COVID numbers are categorically false. That fake narrative does generate clicks, but the media should prioritize truth and accuracy in reporting over likes and retweets. (laughs) As if... 
should prioritize truth and accuracy. Psh, girl, I know you're just being politically correct in your speech right now, but we all know that when it comes to the media, there is never any truth and they definitely don't prioritize over tweets, retweets, clicks, or making money. No, 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 no. If, if, if telling the truth means make them making less money, that's not going to happen. So let that be a lesson that you need to fight back on this crap. That's the only way we're going to win this stuff. We can't just roll over and take it, bend over and grab our ankles. We got to fight back and we got to do what's right. And definitely allowing the CDC to dictate our lives is not right. They're not elected officials. They have no legal rights to anything we do. And why we're allowing this to happen is just beyond my comprehension. Okay, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk some more about my favorite subject. (laughs) Yours too, I'm sure. All right, see you in a bit.
Hey, welcome back. All right, so uh, just a quick note here. I mentioned earlier that a lot of companies are short on staff and they're not able to keep their doors open, their regular, normal working hours because of lack of staff, um, which is sad to see. I know that we've personally experienced some really great restaurants that Kevin and I like to go to um, with a sign on their door saying closed due to shortage of staff and like there's one Mexican chain, Mexican restaurant chain here. I'm sure it's all over the country. Kidoba. Um, I love that place. One of my favorite places to eat. They have the best chicken bowl like ever. Um, we went there the other day and they had, they're all closed. All the, the all the um, restaurants here in my city are closed due to lack of staff. So there are jobs out there. There's a lot of jobs out there. It's just people are either being stay are being paid to stay home from the government, thank you very much, because you know, again, the solution is way worse than the problem. Or, you know, people are just, they're just not wanting to work in the restaurant industry right now, right now which to be quite honest, uh, I mean, it's a very volatile industry right now that just been hammered time and time again, over this past year and a half because of this whole COVID crap. But I've heard of Places like McDonald's, for instance, would pay, used to pay, I don't know if they still do, $50 to anybody to come in and even apply for a job. That's how they, much they were hurting for people. I don't know if they're still doing that or not. And there's another article, um, work as worker shortages continue, Walmart gives out bonuses to stop employees from quitting. Wow. So... In a lot of ways, this is encouraging to me. I know that sounds weird, but to dissuade, to prevent employers from mandating the vaccine because they can't afford to lose any more employees and they're going to lose more if they mandate this experimental injectable. So in some ways, I'm kind of glad this is happening just because I think it kind of helps prevent the government from taking over more control than what it's desperately trying to do now. But it is sad. But if you work at Walmart, <laughs> I guess they'll pay you if you don't if you don't quit. Because they're so desperate to keep people. Which is another thing for me personally, I'm not as afraid of losing my job because I'm not too proud to work at Walmart. I'm not too proud to work at McDonald's. I only have about 10 years of working life left in me before I retire or plan to retire. So I would like this last 10 years to just be, you know, pretty chill. Maybe I could do something that would be fun. Not to say that I didn't have fun as a medical assistant, but it was stressful. And it was just, it was a lot of work. Um, a lot of work that I took home with me and a lot of work that I stay late doing. It would be nice to have a job where I just do my job and then come home and have no black cloud hanging over my head for the next day, if that, if that makes sense. Anyway, um, let's see, there's something else I was going to talk about. Let's see. Oh, by the way, the DHS suggest opposition to COVID-19 restrictions could make someone a domestic terrorism threat. I wish I was kidding. This is again from the dailywire.com. On Friday, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security released an advisory uh, summarizing the current terrorism threat and mentioned grievances over public health safety measures and perceived government restrictions as potential threats. The Secretary of Homeland Security has issued a new National Terrorism Advisory System, or the NTAS, bulletin regarding the current heightened threat environment across the United States. The homeland continues to face a diverse and challenging threat environment leading up to and following the 20th anniversary of the September 11, 2001 attacks, as well as religious holidays we assess could serve as a catalyst for acts of targeted violence, the department wrote. These threats include those posed by domestic terrorists, individuals and groups engaged in grievance-based violence, and those inspired and motivated by foreign terrorists and other malign foreign influences. These actors are increasingly exploiting 
online forums to influence and spread violent extremist narratives and promote violent activity. Such threats are also exasperated by impacts of the ongoing global pandemic, including grievances over public health safety measures and perceived government restrictions. Perceived? Perceived? <laughs> well, those are facts, dude. They're happening. Um, so yeah, so be careful, I guess, what you say. You could be perceived as a as a domestic terrorist just because you have thoughts. You dare to say no to the experimental injectable. So be careful. Um, let's see. Oh, by the way, there's something else I found kind of funny. Uh, if you remember, I think the last time I talked about our CEO tweeting out uh, some, no, excuse me, he didn't tweet this out. This was actually from an interview on a local news station with our local, with our CEO of the hospital that I work at, um, calling people the, who are vaccine hesitant, uneducated. Yeah. Yeah, he actually said that. Uh, and it wasn't just the community he was t saying was uneducated. He was talking specifically about the employees that work at the hospital. Yeah, he's an asshole. Um, here's an article I found quite satisfying. Most vaccine hesitant group is also the most highly educated. What? This is a, an article from WND. There has been much debate over how to get the unvaccinated to get their jabs, shame them, bribe them, persuade them, or treat them as victims of mis- and disinformation campaigns. But who exactly are these people? Most of the coverage would have you believe that the surge in cases is primarily down to less educated, brainwashed Trump supporters who don't want to take the vaccine. This may be partially true. The areas in which the Delta variant is surging coincide with the sections of Red America in which vaccination rates are lowest. But let's not forget that the um, that they're that the vaccinated also shed the virus virus. <laughs> so people who are vaccinated um, are actually can actually transmit the disease as well. Let's not forget the vaccinated people. It's not just the unvaccinated. Again, look at the bigger picture both sides of the story. But according to a new paper by researchers from Carnegie Mellon University and the University of Pittsburgh, this does not paint the full picture. The researchers analyzed that more than 5 million survey responses by a range of different demographic details and classed those people who would probably or definitely not choose to get vaccinated as vaccine hesitant. Hold on, the full story is on unheard.com. Let me see if I can figure out where this left off. In some respects, the findings are as predicted. For example, the paper finds that there is a strong correlation between counties with higher Trump support in the 2020 presidential election and higher hesitancy in the period January 2021 to May 2021. But more surprising is the breakdown in vaccine hesitancy by level of education. It finds that the association between hesitancy and education level follows a U-shaped curve with the highest hesitancy among those least and most educated. People with a master's degree had the least hesitancy and the highest hesitancy was among those holding a Ph.D., What's more, the paper found that in the first five months of 2021, the largest decrease in hesitancy was among the least educated, those with a high school education or less. Meanwhile, hesitancy held constant in the most educated group. By May, those with PhDs were the most hesitant group. So not only are the most educated people most skeptical in, of taking the COVID vaccine, they are also the least likely to change their minds about it. So take that. Mr. CEO. And it's like I told my group, you know, I wish I didn't know as much as I did. I wish I hadn't taken the time and made the effort to read more about this crap. I wish I was ignorant. I wish I didn't know. My life would be so much better. I would not be stressing over what I'm stressing about now. I wouldn't have to worry day by day if I'm going to have a job tomorrow. But unfortunately, I'm not built that way. I'm not built 
to not know these things. I'm not built to not ask questions. And the more questions I have, the more resistance I meet, and the more people don't want to have or don't have answers, let alone want to answer these questions. So yes, I agree. I think the vaccine hesitant people are the ones that have taken the time to read all about it and to see the other side of the coin, to read the writing on the wall that everyone else is so determined to ignore. Um, also, for those of you wondering what you can do about this, AmericanFrontlineDoctors.org, I believe, I'm pretty sure it's .org, let me double check. Uh, nope, sorry, AmericanFrontlineDoctors.com. Nope, .org. <laughs> um, they have got some great information on that website. Highly, highly recommend you read it. They have uh, legal information. They have news about the COVID-19. They've got the experimental vaccine information, which is really interesting to read about. Um, this is where I basically got started on this, some of this information, reading about the um, adverse reactions and all that stuff. Videos, frequently asked questions, um, how to stop vaccine passports. Of course, you can donate to the organization because they do a lot of good stuff. And they also have a section called COVID-19 medication. Hmm. What is this, you say? These are the medications that we shall not label because, you know, the government doesn't want us talking about this stuff because, oh, my gosh, you know, we wouldn't want to we wouldn't have wouldn't want an alternative from the experimental injectable. We wouldn't want to actually go to some medications that could potentially help us without taking a vaccine. Because, you know, once you have immunity, is the vaccine even necessary? But, hmm, do you hear a lot of conversations about that? I'm betting you don't. They don't want to talk about it. Why? Again, why? Anyway, on this COVID-19 medication page on the AmericaFrontlineDoctors.org, um, they have a step-by-step -step guide of what you can do to order some of these medications that have been outlawed, basically, by the government. You have to buy them from black market, basically, um, that have proven effective, very effective, for people that, that can catch this COVID in early stages. Now, I'm not a doctor. Um, go to this website and read for yourself. I'm not making this up. I'm not encouraging to do it to, for you to do it or not do it. I'm just saying it's there for you to look at and consider. They have a, uh, you can actually contact a physician and for $90 have a consultation with this physician. And this physician can prescribe you like hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or um, these other medications that we're not allowed to talk about. Those are really the two big ones. Um, just to have on hand in case you start showing symptoms of COVID. Um, it says hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and other COVID-19 medications can be attained by prescription in the USA and almost every state. AFLDS, America Frontline Doctors, trained and licensed physicians are available via telemedicine for a short consultation. Our physicians know that HCQ and zinc are effective both prophylactively and when used early. The telemedicine physician will review your history. Almost all patients can safely take these medications. Uh, my sister-in-law has done this and she has gotten some of the medication already. So she has it on hand just, uh, you know, proactively in case they come down with COVID or COVID symptoms. Uh, I think it's a smart move. I think we should do it. I'm trying to talk Kevin into it. He's saying, well, I'll just go. I'll just get the virus and get over it, which probably um, I'm pretty sure I've had it. I had I think I'm pretty sure I had it back in April. Um, I had what I thought was a sinus infection. My head was super, super stuffy. Couldn't breathe. Very, very fatigued for about two days. Um, shortness of breath, but thankfully that didn't last very long. And I lost my sense of taste and smell. I lost my smell for almost two weeks. I finally got it back, thankfully. Um, so based on those symptoms, 
I thought at the time it was a sinus infection, and it could have been, I don't know. My mid-level went ahead and prescribed me some antibiotics, and I got over it, and I felt much better. But again, my sense of smell, um, I, I was gone for a while. Um, but I don't know. It could have been COVID as well, and I would like to get an antibody test to, to see if I've had COVID. And if I have, then I have natural immunity to that. In fact, I mean, you know, your bodies are a great, wonderful thing that God has created. And if I have had COVID, then now I now have natural immunity for probably life, which is basically how it works. So the experts are going to tell you that no, it doesn't. And by the way, the vaccines are only lasting about six months, specifically the Moderna vaccine, again, according to experts, because you know, now they're talking about boosters, but only for the immunocompromised. Anyway, when does it end? When will it end? I personally don't think it's going to anytime soon. I think that we just have to learn to live with it because as the cold and flu viruses mutate and a new strain comes out every year, I think that's what's going to happen with COVID. It's a virus and I think it's going to act and react the same as a cold and flu virus. I don't care. Roll your eyes. Get mad at me. I know people get so pissed off when you say things like that. COVID's not the flu, blah, blah, blah. Well, it acts suspiciously like the flu in the symptoms. Now, it may be an aggressive flu strain like disease, but it acts quite similar to a flu. Oh, also, there was another, there's a video of a, a doctor, an internal medicine doctor, but he also has some pathology, Im, um, immunologist experience as well, education, and I'll link in the show notes, but it's a must watch. You have to watch this video. It's a doctor addressing a school board um, against mask mandates for the children. And he's talking about all of these great facts. And he is saying that he doesn't think COVID's ever going away because it's human to human transmissible, transmissible, um, as opposed to other diseases in the past that have been eradicated, uh, largely coming from animals and so forth. It was a really interesting listen, and it gives you a different, yet a different perspective on all the stuff COVID. So I highly recommend you watch it. It's very informative. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know, guys. I hate to keep talking about this and harping on this, but we're making history. What's happening right now in our life is historical. And People 20 years from now are going to read back on this time period and they're going to shake their heads and think, what in the world were they thinking? And I think they're right. I mean, I just think the whole response to COVID has been an absolute nightmare and it gets more and more crazy and outrageous every day. And yet we go along with it. And that's what's so crazy to me is that we're, we're going along with this crap. There's very little resistance, at least from what I can see. Now, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping there'll be more resistance as, as the government keeps pushing. I don't know. All I know is, please, I encourage you. Do not take what someone tells you as gospel truth on either side of the issue, by the way. You know, I, I, I work with people who live in a bubble and they are fully convinced that what they're doing is correct and right. And I get that. I do. But in order to make an informed decision for what's best for you and your family, don't you think you owe it to not only yourself, but your family to have all of the information before making an ultimate decision. I mean, this decision's a big decision, guys. You're injecting something into your body. We don't know fully what it is. It's a new technology. Look it up. mRNA is a new technology. This has never been given to humans before. And we're doing this all under the guise of an emergency use authorization for a disease that you have a 99 point whatever percent to recover from for most people. Now, take that with a grain of salt. I'm not, I'm not saying this is not real. 
People have died from this disease, of course. What I'm saying is, if you are a healthy individual with very little to no comorbidities, why in the world would you get this experimental injectable? People that are, that are, that do have comorbidities, by all means, you better look into it. But if you are a healthy individual and live a healthy lifestyle, which by the way, side note, why aren't we talking about that? Why aren't we encouraging people to, um, you know, get off these medications and lower their blood sugars and, and live a healthy heart lifestyle, eat better, move. Why aren't we discussing all of that? Anyway, all of this to say is, this is the biggest reason I even do this podcast. I just want to encourage you to look at alternate news sources, get all this information and weigh it for yourself. If you think I'm full of baloney, so be it. But at least you know. At least you can't come back and say, my gosh, if I only knew. Anyway, I don't know what's going to happen with me personally. Day by day. That's my mantra. I need a t-shirt that says day by day. I don't know. I just read something today that the FDA was thinking of improving, uh, improving. <laughs> well, it could improve, approve the experimental injectable as early as next month. I've also heard January. I don't know. Nobody knows. But the bottom line is I'm taking it day by day. Because I have to. My mental health is suffering because it's just too stressful to try to predict or try to control what is happening. And that's my problem is I, I have to control what's happening in my life. And not right now, I just feel out of control. So to regain some of that control back for myself, I'm just living day by day. I have no expectations. I'm just, I'm going into work until I'm told I can no longer go to work. There you have it. That's my goal. That's my plan at this point in time. Kevin and I are going to be doing a podcast later tonight, which by the way, today is Saturday, August 14th, four o'clock in the afternoon. Now, Kevin will be home shortly and we will go out to dinner and then we will come home and do our podcast. I hope that you will take the time to watch us. We are on YouTube and Rumble under right from us and that's R-I-G-H-T from us. Um, a little play on my blog, my Write From Us blog that's been around for, oh my gosh, 10 plus years. Now I want to say 15. I don't know. I lost track of time. Um, but anyway, so we're getting up there on time. Better end this. I know that you guys have some things to do. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. I truly appreciate um, your time. Time is valuable and precious. And I am really honored that you've decided to spend some of your time listening to me rant and rave about this crazy stuff that we're living with right now. Have a very good week. Take a breath, get outside, get some fresh air, some sunshine. Live your life, guys. Life is too short to live in fear. You do what's best for you and your family and don't apologize for that. <clears throat> this no one's business what you do and what you decide to do. So go live your life and have fun. Be alert, not anxious. And I'll tell you, I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.